Well, hello, my friends. This is Dan Jones, and this is Quiet Talk number 100. Not sure what that means, except that I've been doing this for almost a year and a half. Most of us like round numbers, I guess. The number 100 is pretty round, so here it is. I majored in music in college. In my senior year, the director of the University Chorale asked me to write an arrangement of the pop song Send in the Clowns. I don't think I fully understood this song, and I'm not sure I do even now, but it was a beautiful song. I think it was about somebody's boyfriend or girlfriend breaking up with them. But anyway, I was thrilled to do this and was happy with the way it turned out. I've directed several church choirs over the years, but this group was made up of all music majors. They were excellent singers. It was a fairly large group, if I'm not mistaken, 40 or 50. They did a gorgeous job on my arrangement. On the last day of exams, the year I graduated, everybody in the chorale agreed to come to the rehearsal room and record this for me. It sounded great. I was so proud of it. I treasured that tape. Well, about two years later, I found myself an unemployed music minister. And by the way, I had a pregnant wife. There was a church in Texas, a strong, good-sized church that was looking for a music director. I sent the senior pastor my resume, and for good measure, I sent him that cassette tape. I thought it would impress him. You probably know where this is going. I never saw that tape again. And by the way, I didn't get the job. So for me, it was a lose-lose situation. As many of you may know, we are currently living in temporary quarters. Most of our things are packed away in boxes in two different locations. There have been a number of times this summer when I've needed some little thing that I would have been able to quickly lay my hands on before we packed up and moved out of the last place we lived. But at the moment, all I know is that whatever I've needed is in some box somewhere. When God opens the door for a permanent place for us to live, we'll unpack all the boxes and hopefully find everything. So what is all this about? This talk is meant to be about possessions, things, stuff. When I think about that tape of my arrangement of Send in the Clowns or that external computer drive that I lost a year ago, the one that had all our family pictures on it going back about 17 years, not to mention all of my notes and papers from seminary and about a million other things I've saved on the computer over the years, I have to remind myself of a verse in the Bible. Jesus points out to us in Luke 12 that a man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. Now, he was primarily talking about riches there, but the principle applies to whatever those things are that we highly value. That song they recorded for me was worth a lot more than money in my eyes. As a matter of fact, if I could get it back, I would pay a lot for it. What are the things that you most value? 
Perhaps, unlike my examples, the things that come to your mind are indeed worth a lot of money, or perhaps not. Most probably think of loved ones, human beings. Human beings are certainly of more value than material objects. But let me offer for your consideration a test when thinking of what things are really worth. It's quite simple. Can the things you value most be taken away from you? Could you lose them? Like I lost that precious cassette tape. You may be thinking, what could I possibly have that can't be lost? Certainly money can be lost, but many people have lost loved ones, a parent, a spouse, a child. What is there that one cannot lose? Only one thing. Before I say it, let me share a little one-line parable that Jesus gave in Matthew 13. He said, The kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who on finding one pearl of great value went and sold all that he had and bought it. There are various collectible objects in the world that people value highly. Some I can sort of understand, like oil paintings or other works of art. Of course, I've seen paintings that fetched millions that I wouldn't give $5 for, but such are the vagaries of taste. There's no accounting for it. Most of us can probably understand, at least in some measure, the desire for beautiful gems. They are rare. They are creations of nature. They fascinate and are beautiful. Think about the Hope Diamond. I saw the Hope Diamond at the Smithsonian years ago. It's behind such a thick piece of glass that you can't really appreciate it like you would if they'd let you hold it. For some reason, this is not allowed. Jesus used an example that the people of his day could readily understand, a perfect pearl. The merchant man man found the most perfect and beautiful pearl he had ever seen. He wanted it so badly that he liquidated all of his assets to get it. He sold everything for just one pearl. Must have been a pretty nice one. This single-minded passion for something like that is hard for most of us to relate to, those of us who are just trying to survive day by day and keep our heads above water. But Jesus said that this is what the kingdom of God is all about. As I've pointed out many times in sermons, what a thing is worth is not what the seller may think it's worth, but what somebody else is willing to pay for it. The merchant in the parable was willing to part with everything he owned. That pearl was apparently quite valuable to him. What point was Jesus making. I think it's clear. There is one possession that is worth more than anything else you could have, whether it's a thing or a relationship or anything else humans can get their hands on. Jesus himself is worth more than all the riches you could acquire in a thousand lifetimes. He is that pearl of great value. And he is the only possession you can never lose, not in this life, 
nor in the life to come. Listen to the rapturous words of the psalmist. The writer of Psalm 73 had become discouraged as he considered the prosperity of the wicked and the troubles of the righteous. He thought to himself, what good is it for me that I've tried to live a godly life? Look how good those sinners have it. But then he went into God's house and was reminded of what sinners ultimately have to look forward to. And he remembered the reward promised to those who are faithful to God. He wrote, Lord, I am always with you. You hold me by my right hand. You guide me with your counsel, and afterward you will take me into glory. Now listen to this next part. Whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Can you say that, my friend? Is there any earthly thing that you desire more than him? There is no worldly thing that you can acquire that even comes close to this priceless treasure of knowing Jesus Christ. He is truly our portion, our inheritance forever. But to lay hold on this possession, you must give up all else. God will only give you an eternal inheritance if you forsake the vain and fleeting things that you are grasping now. The young missionary martyr, Jim Elliot, said it like this, He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. O oh, Lord Jesus Christ, you are the pearl of great price. You are the greatest treasure we could ever seek after, Lord. Thank you that you offer yourself to us as we give up the things of this world, as we rid our hearts of those vain desires and objects that, that are so transient. We can lay hold upon that which is life eternal, upon Jesus, upon you, the pearl of great price. I pray that my listeners, Lord God, will turn away from the empty things of this world, the things that can be lost, so that they might lay hold upon that which is life eternal, Jesus Christ himself. In his precious name, I pray. Amen. Well, my dear friend, I appreciate you folks praying for us. Please do that. I don't ever ask you for anything in these talks except prayer. So pray for the Bread of Life Anglican Church, which meets Sundays at 10 o'clock at 1809 Union Street in Schenectady at the American Legion Hall there on Union Street. Pray for us and pray for me as I am trying with God's help to lead this group. And we pray that God will help us to reach people for Jesus in this Connectedy area. Thank you for remembering us. And as always, uh, you may reach me by email at father.danjones at outlook.com. God bless you.